Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. There were two more murders 15 miles away. Arrived, the found the we have a weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Cup of murder. Sometimes marriages don't work out. And sometimes people think murder is easier than a divorce. On November 8, 1999, a man was murdered in what appeared to be a burglary gone wrong. It took the discovery of a suicide note to finally bring to light the true story of who killed Bruce Miller. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Cherie Paulette Kitley was born on October 13, 1971, and, almost immediately, began surrounding herself with seedy and high-risk behavior. By the time she was 19 years old, she was married with one child and had been on her own since she was 16. That marriage soon ended, and Cherie began going from man to man. The men she chose were often trouble. Her second husband was convicted of child abuse and sexually abused their six-year-old. She, for a lack of a better term, had horrible taste in men. In 1997, she started a job at B&D Salvage in Michigan. The owner, Bruce Miller, became her next target. By 1999, the unlikely pair were married and, for once, things seemed to be going well for Cherie. Her new husband, who was 20 years older than her, had money and offered her stability. Cherie thanked him by starting an online relationship with a man named Jerry Cassidy. Jerry, a former Missouri police officer turned Reno Casino pit boss, fell hard and fast for Cherie. The two arranged to make their online affair physical when Cherie attended a Mary Kay convention in Reno. She told her new lover that she was a rich businesswoman who was living an unfulfilling life with a disabled husband. After the convention, the two continued their steamy online affair, often including explicit photos and videos. As the relationship grew, Cherie weaved a bigger web of lies. She convinced him that her husband was abusive, often using her makeup skills to prove his abuse, said she was pregnant with Jerry's baby, complete with fake sonogram, only to lose the baby after her husband raped her. She even claimed that her husband was a mafia don who would hunt her down if she left, and that, while pregnant again with twins, some of his people gang-raped her until the twins were killed. These lies seemed completely far-fetched, yet Jerry believed his lover. So much so that he took matters into his own hands to rid her of her horrific life. 
On November 8, 1999, Jerry drove from Nevada to Michigan with a plan and a shotgun to kill Bruce Miller. Cherie told her lover where exactly to find her husband of seven months and even arranged to have her brother-in-law, Chuck, find the body. She called Chuck and explained how worried she was that her husband was late from work. When Chuck and his wife arrived at the salvage yard, they found Bruce Miller dead from what they believed was a robbery gone wrong. Cherie Miller wasted no time celebrating her new freedom and, just two days later, was spotted dancing at a bar. Two weeks later, she had a new live-in boyfriend, but it wasn't Jerry Cassidy. Because despite the fact that he killed for her, Cherie was done with the man whom she claimed she loved. She completely ended the relationship just a month later, and Jerry, realizing what he had done, began a downward spiral. On February 11th, 2000, the body of Jerry Cassidy was found in his home from apparent suicide. Days later, while cleaning out his apartment, Jerry's family found a briefcase that contained three suicide notes and various printed documents. It appeared that, racked with guilt, Gary ended his life, but not before making sure Cherie went down with him. He had laid out the entire story in his note, as well as printed hard copies of all of the conversations the couple had, including the ones from just hours before Bruce Miller was killed, where Cherie gave him directions to the salvage yard and told him where to park. On January 29, 2001, Cherie Miller was sentenced to life in prison for conspiracy to commit murder and 54 to 81 years for second-degree murder. This case was one of the first in the United States where an online relationship and social media played an important role in the crime and conviction. While in jail, Cherie continued her pursuit of men, even getting engaged in prison to a man who fell in love with her after watching her episode of Snapped on Oxygen. Unfortunately, the suicide note that landed Cherie in prison was also the note that caused enough doubt to award her another trial. The court ruled that, since Jerry Cassidy could not be cross-examined, the note should not have been admitted into evidence. On July 29, 2009, Cherie Miller was released from jail and waited for her new trial. She, after being a free woman for three years, was sent back to prison in August of 2012 to finish her sentence after the admissibility of the letter was reinterpreted. Then, something shocking happened in 2016. Cherie Miller, after asserting her innocence for 16 years, wrote a letter to the circuit judge admitting to arranging the murder of her husband. According to her letter, watching her daughter cry when she was sent back to prison was just too much for her to bear, and in an effort to spare her from that happening again, she was admitting her guilt. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on November 9th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. 
so make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.